Hey family, welcome to the Catalyst for Change Leadership Podcast, where we help leaders lead better. I'm your host, Zach Pruitt, and just so excited that you are joining us today. So let's dive in. Well, welcome to today's episode. Uh, I'm so excited to have Logan Joyce on with us today and talking about the inside out leader. Logan, how's it going today? Oh, it's really good, man. Besides the fact that winter will not leave us here in the Midwest, everything else is <laughs> really cool, really fun. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, go ahead and kind of introduce yourself to the listener. Um, this is your first time on with us. So introduce yourself and just give the listener a little bit about you before we dig in. Yeah. So name's Logan Joyce. Uh, we'll talk a lot today about what I do vocationally, uh, but I live in the Twin Cities, live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I've got a uh, wife, Caitlin, and uh, my daughter, Maggie, is six this summer. My son, Ozzy, is three. We've got a golden doodle who's uh, sleeping behind me right now as well. <laughs> um, so plate is full with kids. We're already in that world of like, hey, sports is about to consume our universe, but it's really cool. Um, and we love it. So we're here in the cities. We are really involved in kind of nonprofit uh, work and spend a lot of our time helping to mentor and foster relationship building among people who are trying to find their greatest purpose. So uh, between kids, family, sports, and trying to get a yoga class in myself every once in a while, that's uh, about the full calendar outside work. That's so fun. So you're just drowning in extra time is what it sounds like. We're, oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> we are. Yeah, it is funny when you talk about talk to younger people who just have so much time on their hands, they don't know what to do with it. I'm like, yeah. I don't know the last time. <laughs> I don't know if I've been bored in a decade, you know, yeah. so it's all good stuff, but it's a different universe. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. And, you know, people are so different because, you know, um, some people really enjoy having a ton of extra time and, you know, downtime and that sort of thing. But I feel like, you know, my wife and I were the type of people that's always going, <laughs> you know, we need more to yep. do. Just, I don't know. It's everyone's so different. That surprises me. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you are currently the president of Gray Matter Growth. So tell me a little bit more about what kind of work you do there. Yeah. So Gray Matter Growth, Everything we do is around this mission. We equip high-achieving leaders to be ragingly successful at the next big milestone in their lives. So high-achieving, that's not unlike you. That's kind of where I come from. I, I've spent my entire life being the guy who uh, blitzes up the org chart, gets the bigger platform, the bigger microphone in my hand, gets the uh, bigger opportunities everywhere I go. And that's a blessing, especially living in America. You know, we we tend to worship the achiever mindset, but it's also a huge curse um, in a lot of ways. You know, and that's that's true when we talk about personality, when you talk about opportunity, when you talk about building a career, a family, a life. Every one of your greatest strengths has the potential to be your greatest weaknesses. And so, what I do with a lot of my work is to help high achievers to get to that promotion, that opportunity, that impact, that pay raise faster, but to not compromise holistic health along the way. And there's a lot of story with that. So we do that a couple of ways. I've got a, an on-demand video course uh, that's really affordable and can go to scale throughout organizations and across the world. So that's one way that we achieve that is to kind of get a, our curriculum in people's hands. And then we do most of our work with functional team coaching and one-to-one -one coaching that supplements that. 
but everything is you're a high achiever you're moving up in your career but you're feeling burned out you're feeling static you're feeling unhealthy you're feeling like every new opportunity i get the tension between me being a really holistically healthy person and me actually making the impact that i'm called to make in this world when that tension gets stretched and stretched and stretched that's where i come in and we offer really practical solutions that help people to get to the bottom of this is how i be successful in every area of my life and make the impact i'm supposed to yeah so i'm curious um i know that you know your primary target audience like you're reaching high impact high capacity leaders within that target audience do you tend to focus more um, as far as like demographically, age-wise, that sort of thing, do you do you hone in that far onto who you're trying to reach? It's it's pretty broad. In fact, right now, I'll tell you, I'm I'm working with it, the high achiever thing is really because it's you know there there is an audience that I speak to primarily from my experience, mm-hmm. um, and so the high achiever piece is really like I don't I don't know what it's like to not be successful the the problems that i've faced in my life are not i can't get the job i can't get the promotion i can't make the impact the problems that i'm familiar with and that most of my clients are familiar with is there are too many opportunities and i don't know where to go or which one which path to walk down or i i you know i could continue to make a great living and I could be a CEO someday, but I don't know how to make sure that I actually prioritize my family or faith has been a really important thing for me every step in the way, but I feel like I'm compromising it because there's so much ahead of me. So the high achiever thing is really, it's, it's not a discriminatory thing. It's literally like sure. those are the problems that I've faced in my life and that's what we've built. But as far as demographic wise, about 80% of my work is in the corporate world. And though the position that's really position targeted. So I work with people all the way into their 60s. And a lot of my clients are in their 30s and 40s. Um, But it's a senior director to an SVP level is usually who I work with in those B2B settings. And uh, but I also work with college athletics teams. And right now I've got two coaching clients who are under 30, but they really fit that bill of high achiever and they've already got some runs on the board. Um, So the, the the long answer that didn't need to be quite as long to your question is no uh there is uh no real defined age range it's really you've got enough wins on the board that you kind of you're facing that the world is my oyster how do i make sure that i'm making the right decisions as i move forward in these things yeah and that really makes sense you know because um against you know some people are just higher achieving you know higher performing than others and so wherever they fall in the age range or, or what have you, you can tell that individual is just a go-getter. Um, like you said, there are some who struggle to get the job and then there are others who they have so many opportunities, they don't know what to do with them all. So that, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So you talk um, a lot about the inside out leader and that's really probably your primary focus, I would imagine. So tell yeah. us a little bit more about that. Is that something that you and your team created and what exactly is that? Yeah. So Inside Out Leader is uh, the capstone of my two. I have a master's in industrial organizational psychology, and then I have an MBA. And Inside Out Leader is the capstone curriculum that I wrote um, for uh, kind of bridging the gap in those two things. It's a framework that we use as the basis of all of our leadership development, team building, one-on-one coaching at Gray Matter Growth. And it's a formulaic thing, so this idea. If you want to be ragingly, holistically successful in your life, 
it's three parts. You need to have crystal clarity about your personality, who you are at your best, who you are at your worst, how to mitigate those blind spots and how to maximize your strengths. So it's personality plus your purpose. That's what's your vision of raging success. One of the greatest challenges that we all face in the world is we can't often see beyond our own bias. And so as managers and executives building organizations, it's unbelievable. And you're in this world and, and you and I have a lot of career overlaps. Actually, you get this a lot, but it's wild how often we just believe everybody wants the same thing as us. Mm -hmm. We all think that everyone has the same vision of success as us. And when I actually get a team, you know, a team of, let's say, vice presidents in a corporate environment who you think they're all just honed in, chasing the same goal. Mm. But when I actually get them to sit down and define explicitly for their team, this is what I believe I'm on this earth to do. Or five years from now, this is what success looks like for me. Mm. You know, one guy is talking about what it looks like for him to be able to spend every day of his life with his teenage sons one gal is talking about her vision of success is just a beach house in miami and that's totally cool with me and one gal is talking about i want to be semi-retired so that i can be serving in this nonprofit that i'm passionate mm -hmm. about and then one is just saying you know what a lot of those of us would assume is someone else at the table just is pursuing i want to be the ceo you know so if I can help people to define what is the vision that you're chasing after for at the next big milestone in your life, what are the guiding values? Can you explicitly define for me the values that guide your life and have those be the backstop to every decision you make? What are the key relationships that you need to prioritize? What are the rhythms of life and what are the restrictions that you need to place so that you're really successful? That's a that definition exercise moves the needle a lot. So it's personality plus that's purpose. All that stuff falls under a purpose umbrella plus a success plan. So then it's take that personality, take that purpose and define in your own words what you will be accountable to. Put timestamps on it, put key relationships, have somebody in the know who you're kind of afraid of who's going to call you out if you don't reach those things. But build accountability in your own words according to your personality and purpose. And then if you follow that path, you're almost foolproofing your raging success. So that's the foundational curriculum is we help individuals according to a bunch of kind of exterior scientifically validated instruments, your personality plus your purpose, plus a success plan, I can almost guarantee at the end of this curriculum, you will be holistically successful one year from today. And it's not because I'm a genius. It's because I'm getting you out of your own way to focus yeah. on the things that you are put on this earth to be good at, to do, to pursue. Um, so that's the framework that we run everything through. Like I said, it's a, now it's an on-demand video course that we've spent the last two years putting together. Um, that every individual has a customized education path to define those things. And then we take that, roll it up into manager training, mm -hmm. and then roll that into kind of enterprise company organization wide. Here's how you get the best out of your people according to their personality and their purpose and their success plan that they've defined. So let's, you know, maybe speak to the individual who is like somewhere between their mid to late 20s, maybe early 30s. 
they're really wanting to get in their career. They're wanting to move up in the company, or perhaps they're an entrepreneur. They've started their own business. What are some practical steps that they need to take in order to increase their leadership to prepare them for that next level? And then where does gray matter growth and the inside out leader, where's all of that play into all that? Yep. Um, I'll, I'll give you a couple things that matter. And like I said, Zach, you and I have a lot of overlap. So I'll, I'll, I'll briefly speak to my story. I never thought that I would be running a business. I, I went to school to be a pastor and I was a pastor in mega churches um, for the first iteration of my career. And invaluable learning had unbelievable leaders around me in, in my life prepared me so much for the business world and now i call myself a pastor in the c-suite right so i'm doing a lot of the same game uh you just don't say jesus is explicitly a lot of times um but the first thing that i'll give you is uh, that that is guided my career is to live an outrageously generous life right so that that's what I learned being a pastor is I wasn't getting paid any more or any less based on who I met with or how I met with them, uh, which is different than the business world, right? We're all apt to take the lunch or the happy hour with the, uh, with the person who we know can advance our career or whatever. But in the pastoral world, I spent, you know, I, it was driven by mission and value, but I spent so much time sitting down with people who needed help in whatever area I could try to help with. And a lot of times as a young punk, it was me connecting them to somebody else or reading a book with them or, or going deeper. But um, I, I just gave away my time and my energy and my altruistic heart and tried to believe in the best in people. And, and I wouldn't have started Gray Matter Growth if it weren't for the relationships that I formed in that season of my life. And now I have come, people come to me and go, man, you're such a good networker, man. You know so many people. How, how as an entrepreneur building a thing running, how the heck do you have so many people open doors and make introductions and help cultivate business for you? And my answer to them is honestly, I've never once built a relationship to try to get something from that person. Mm -hmm. Live generously. And that's, once again, I'm a punk and I'm plenty selfish and plenty cocky. And so there's, there's plenty of kind of ulterior motive in the relationships I've built, I'm sure. But I've lived my life going, if I have open hands and I seek to serve the person across the table from me, whether they're the server, the bartender, or the CEO, or someone indifferent, that has served to build the career beyond my wildest dreams. Mm, yeah. And so that's the first thing I'd say is before you even talk about starting the business, trying to move up the ladder, trying to network to, to jostle for position, all that stuff's real. You've got to be intentional with it, but live radically generous lives, mm. live the kind of life where you see someone across from you and you are desperate to know who they are, what they need and how you can help fill a gap in for them. Um, that's the first thing that I'd, I'd say is I wouldn't be here. I genuinely wouldn't have been able to start the business. There's a lot, a lot of stories around this, but I started the business with a full coffer of business because of the relationships in my world. So number one, live an outrageously generous life. Uh, the second and the third and maybe the fourth, I don't know how long I'm going to ramble for you here, Zach, but 
uh, the outline of everything else I'd say is you can't win at everything, but you should win at everything that matters to you. That's good. K yeah. So chaos is chaos is the monster of our time. We all have too many things to read, too many things to watch, too many opportunities. You know, you talk about dopamine addiction, you talk about physiological rewiring, you talk about us becoming more animal because we are less inclined to actually lean into our prefrontal cortex. All of those things are the result of the blessing of technology, opportunity, travel. The globe has become wide open to us. And so as people, we we need to work really, really hard to define what matters to us. And once again, the world of the high achiever, I could, I could have 20 jobs tomorrow, as you could, I'm sure. I could have 100 different clients in a week's time. And I could work out four hours a day. And I could have a 1,000 friends, right? The world of the high achiever, and this goes back to the generosity thing, the world world of the generous gets bigger and bigger. The opportunities, if you're somebody who's good at what you do and you've got a good heart and you are personable, you're going to get more and more opportunities as you move forward in your life, in your career. Mm -hmm. And the, the unwise thing to do is to just pursue whatever's shiniest next, mm -hmm. to just run after whatever looks sexy today. Yeah without any guardrails. And so chaos is this, you've got too much opportunity. A lot of the world is jealous of that, but I'll just tell you, it's a real thing. And for the high achievers listening to this, you need to get control. And so the antidote to that chaos is to get crystal clarity mm -hmm. about what matters to you. So if I am have an entire landscape of opportunities in front of me, I can get paralyzed by what I should pursue next. The antidote is for me to already have defined who am I at my best? What are the relationships I need to prioritize? What do I believe success looks like for me consistently? Hmm. And then how can I make sure that I safeguard, that I do not forfeit any of those pieces in the pursuit of whatever my next opportunity is. Um, so for individuals to say like gray matter inside out leader is defined to help you to articulate, refine, and then align your entire world around who you are at your best. Um, and so for individuals, it's practically, can you, if I sat across you and I do this with people on a regular basis, if I sit across from you and I go, who are you at your best? What is it that you do that nobody else can do? Can you answer that for me? If you can't, go do some hard work, get a hold of Inside Out Leader, and actually be able to define for me. This is the value that I bring to the world. And then if I sit across from you and you can actually answer that, that's awesome. That puts you in about the top 15%, I'd say, of people I talk to regardless of age. But then I'd say, now, why are you placed on this earth? What is it that driving force, that thing that you can't, when you start thinking about it, you're up all night thinking about it because you're so excited or when a conversation glances over to that topic, you can't let it go. Uh, or when you get into the room with that person, you are just fired up and you would spend 
spend 25 hours doing it. What it what is it that you're placed on this earth for? What is your purpose? What is your calling? Can you define that for me? Um, and then the last thing is what's your value proposition? So if you're trying to get the promotion, if you're trying to get to the C-suite, if you're trying to start the business, if you're trying to level up, can you tell me why somebody should give you the chance? Really clearly. And this is this is uh, where I maybe separate myself a little bit from the rest of the world. I'm not afraid to talk about what I'm good at. And I think that's a big part of success. But as an individual, I I think if you really have a clear picture of what you're going after you should be able to also articulate why you are clearly qualified to get to that place and that's and sometimes you're going to be left with the answer of like i actually that's where i want to be that's the purpose i feel like i need to pursue but i'm not ready i need to go get a degree i need to go intern for somebody i need to go get a mentor great now you know right so knowing who I am at my best, knowing what I feel like I need to do to make the impact I'm supposed to in this world, and then being as sober in judgment as possible for the value proposition that you're trying to bring to that, the solution you're trying to bring to the problem that you're compelled by. Uh, I think that's really, really important. Um, and then the third thing I'd say is you got to know your margin. What is the backstop? And so I'll really practically work with a lot of uh, people who are you know, overworked when they start. And now they're talking about, I need to go get an MBA to get this promotion, or I want to go start the business tomorrow, or I, I really feel like what I need right now is uh, to join three networking groups and expand my horizons, whatever. All those are great goals. But so often, if you're overworked and you're overstressed and you're already not giving enough time and energy to the friends or the opportunities in front of you, you know, or if it's literally, I want to go start the business, but there is zero financial margin in my life. Don't go start the business. Don't go join the networking group. Don't go commit to the MBA program. Even if you are really crystal clear that those are the steps you need to take to get forward in your, in your life. Right. If you say yes to something in the age of chaos, you need to know you've got the capacity to handle it. And so the third thing, you know, I'd say know your personal value proposition, live an outrageously generous life. You can can't win at everything, but you should win at everything that matters to you. But you've got to know where your margin lies and you've got to make sure you're living with enough margin that you can actually take on the opportunities in front of you. If not, the crash the burnout, the fatigue, the, you know, uh, drift away from your vision mission, that stuff is going to come into the picture at some point. And then the thing that should have been your greatest, most joy bringing, most awe inspiring opportunity in the world is going to end up kind of bleeding you dry. So what is your margin financially with your time, with your relationships, with your own physiological, psychological well-being? Do you have enough margin to pursue that next opportunity? And if not, you've got to cut some stuff out. But if you can get a crystal clear picture of I've got enough space, I've got enough value to get to that next step that I envision, I know why I'm doing it, and I have gone out of my way 
to be really outrageously generous so that there are people who are going to support me as I pursue that. Those things I think are going to set anybody up to win really well in their next steps. Yeah. Yeah. That is so good. A lot of really good insight and advice. So if you're listening and you did not write any of that down, you need to go back mm. and, and take some notes um, for sure. So I'm, I'm curious, do you have a success story that really shared, like just really stands out for you to share? Yeah, this is a good question. I, uh, I actually just had a conversation yesterday with somebody who I coached for about a year and a half. And, um, when I, when I came into this individual's life, fortune 100 had been the outstanding, like president's club year over year, 150%, 170% threshold of in sales in a, in a really competitive space, uh, but had just gotten their first promotion to managing a team of salespeople and they were floundering. I mean, frustrated angry like going i already won why don't these people just listen and do it the way that i've done it you know this is the conversation we have all the time with high achieving individual contributors who now have to manage teams of people and so coach this individual for quite a while and help them not only to refine refine who they are at their best but to really get a picture of how to create sustainable leadership development models for salespeople. and uh talk to them this week they are at the uh, Four Seasons somewhere in Europe on a with the executive suite of the team, and they their entire team was at least one hundred forty percent of quota this last year. They were just speaking at their Fortune one hundred organization wide summit alongside the C suite about developing sales and marketing channels. Um, so all that stuff's really cool in career and they're, they've gotten two promotions since I coached them. So they're, they're about to be the youngest senior director in the history of the organization. That's really, really cool and really, really exciting and makes me think I should have people, uh, I should treat people like investments and have them pay me revenue <laughs> dividends instead of flat rates or something. Um, so, but, but I've had a few of those stories in the last year. Once again, not because I'm a wizard, but because when you help people to get crystal clear about who they are and what they're on this earth for and then build accountability for themselves, it's almost impossible to lose. So the cool thing is in all of this growth of opportunity, in all of this world travel, in having a lot more people now, you know, they've got hundreds of people reporting to them all of a sudden, they're building curriculum for their entire organization. Um, they're healthier than they've ever been. I mean, literally like down to muscle mass and body fat percentage they have daily meditation and built in they feel like they have the best relationship with their spouse and their close friends than they've ever had and so on top of all the opportunities on top of learning how to manage people and having those people really be grateful for their role in their life instead of frustrated mm -hmm. with them they're healthier than they've ever been and that's that's my story you know my favorite you and i uh share this my favorite proverb ever is the world of the generous gets larger and larger mm -hmm. and the world of the miser, the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. That's what's come to bear. If you look at what the pandemic did, essentially the top 25% as far as personal well-being and success in their career, this is stuff all Gallup, Gallup and Barna poll collected. The top 25% 
in well-being and career mobility over the course of the last four years have seen exponential jumps, not only in their personal earning capacity, but also in their defined personal well-being. Wow. And the bottom 40% of people in well-being and in their forward mobility, they've actually had the most drastic declines in well-being wow. already from a bad place. The reality in the world that we live in, and I'm, again, I'm a first-generation college student to a single mom. I was the golden boy of a trailer park. You know, that's kind of my backstory. So I'm, I'm the testament to my relationships, but I've found in my own life, when you get the right stuff right, when you get really crystal clear about what you're put on this earth to win at, mm. you don't just win at some stuff. You end up being ragingly successful at every freaking part of your life. Mm. And that's cool because you get to, you know, make enough money that you're comfortable and then you get to be really, really generous with it. And then you get to go on cool trips and have cool friends and all that stuff's awesome. You get to have biceps. That's cool too. <laughs> but even more importantly, you know, these clients that I'm just getting word back from, they're giving away more money than they ever thought they'd earn. Mm, wow. You know, they're meant yeah. they're mentoring people who don't have the same leg up mm. in the world that they do. They're living generously because they've seen what it looks like to have someone up the ladder go out of their way for them. And so when you're ragingly successful and you have a really clear picture of who you are and why you exist, it's almost impossible not to have that create a ripple effect to hundreds and thousands of people yeah. downwind from you. Yeah. And that's like, you know, that's the pastor in me is like, dude, nothing more important in the universe than that ripple effect of, uh, of inspiration, motivation. So uh, that's a, that's a story and that's the tenant and the guiding principle behind everything I do is when you're going to win, you're going to win big. And then a lot of other people are going to win because of your winning. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. That's so good. So this is going to be more of a, a fun question, I think, but um, if I'm not mistaken, as part of the inside out leader, um, each individual gets a report of four different facets of their personality and then how to leverage the best of their personality for increased effectiveness. But one of those four facets that you bring out is their Enneagram. So I'm just oh, yeah. curious, what is your Enneagram? And then what does that tell you um, about you as your leadership style? And then as an individual? Yeah. Okay. So I've got to give this disclaimer. Okay. Um, I love, I love the Enneagram as a tool. Um, the Enneagram world, and Zach, you've probably seen me in our social media interaction, harp on this a little bit, but the Enneagram world is a convoluted mess. Mm. And so I tell people, I actually am trying to decide as we're re-recording Inside Out Leader on Demand, I'm trying to decide if I actually, uh, go on a long rant about how no one should ever partake of any other Enneagram teachers than me and one or two other trusted sources. It's just a mess. It's, it's like the wild west out there and you've got people who are like half transcendental, Wiccan, goofy, trying to overlap it with yeah. professional development. So anyway, yeah. anyway, all that to say, Enneagram, powerful tool, a lot of kooks, a <laughs> lot of people telling half truths with it. Um, and the greatest purpose of the Enneagram, if you look back to the history, is essentially to identify an individual's motivation mm. and, and then work to have that prototype of, of motivation become less and less substantial in the way the 
individual forms their worldview. So it's like, this is who you are on a base level. Enneagram talks about it as an ego level. Here's your driving core fear going all the way back to when you were like young. And here's how that's worked itself out in the way you build relationships, in the way you go and execute in the world, in the way that you process information, head, heart, and gut, all this weird mix. And then the goal is to work it out so that that core motivation becomes healthier and less rigid and less defined. So I'm an Enneagram eight, uh, Enneagram eights, right? Core fear is to show weakness. Mm. So what's golden child of the, you know, dad's not around golden child of the trailer park, good at sports, good at school, good at music, put a microphone in my hand. I talk about the Enneagram eight as the one who runs through brick walls. And, uh, that's how I spent all of my twenties and this is another tale for another podcast, but at 26 years old, I was maybe the most successful in the position that I held in the mega church world in the United States, as far as we built really successful churches, built relationships into the, into the communities and stuff. We were ragingly, ragingly successful in our careers. And I legitimately was hormonally burned out. Sat across the table from an immunologist who was like, I don't know what's going on. You look like you have HIV, like pretty far down stages. Wow. Complete adrenal fatigue. My body wasn't producing serotonin. My testosterone levels as an athletic 26-year-old guy were so low that I could build muscle mass. And I'm a, you know, stand at normally 220 and, you know, most of that's muscle mass. And so, um, so that's what the Enneagram eight on its nose did for me, made me unbelievably successful at going out there and living on mission and running through brick walls to accomplish the purpose that I felt was important out in the world. And it almost killed me. And that's the same for every single one of us. I'm dramatic and I'm a man child. So hopefully no one listening to this has had quite that dramatic a story, but every single one of us, your core motivation, the thing that's going on, all the way back in your subconscious kind of primal animal brain that drives everything you do, mm -hmm. that core motivation is going to get you to a really meaningful place of impact and of success. And then at some point, it's either going to kill you or you're going to learn to flip it on its head. Mm. And so when we talk about a healthy Enneagram 8, we actually end up looking more like an Enneagram 2, which is an altruistic spirit, a people-centric motive, an ability to actually get in touch with our feelings and our heart, not just go, what's a feeling? I'm going to punch that thing in the face and run on to the next win, you know? Um, so kind of, kind of the funny answer is Enneagram 8 is made me Donkey Kong, you know, may allowed me to just win and crash and crush stuff. And the more refined answer is I don't want to be known as an Enneagram 8. I want to be known as an integrated, healthy, holistically minded, my gut, my mind, and my heart are all working together to put beauty out into the world that doesn't compromise my health, my integrity, or my values as we go. And so that's what the Enneagram looks like now is, you know, I've built my life around coaching others. Mm -hmm. So I've got that, like, you're, we're in the trenches together, one-on-one. -on -one. I believe in you. Stop losing. Stop doubting yourself. Run through a brick wall. And then I back off and go, but genuinely, it's it's about you. It's not about my ego. 
It's about me coming alongside you, not about me bludgeoning you with the microphone in my hand. Um, and that's the that's the healthiest version of the Enneagram 8, the, the further I go toward that light. So uh, that's what you're trying to do with Enneagram and subconscious motivation. Who are you at your best? Mm-hmm. Where are the blind spots? Do the really hard work of dealing with your ego, of realigning the narrative you tell yourself so that you're not just that prototype or like what Harry Potter character are you based on your Enneagram, right? There's, there's so much more depth there. And uh, that's, that's how I try to leverage it to help others become a, the best version of themselves, be holistically healthy. It's a really powerful tool when you do that well. Yeah, yeah. So we are coming to the end of our time together, but are there any last thoughts that you might want to leave the listener with before we head out? Yeah, I want to say that um, one more time. This is, you can't win at, any, at everything, mm-hmm. but you should win at everything that matters. I believe that with my whole soul, that this world does, it's, it's not like we're all vying for tiny slivers of a really, really small pie chart. Mm-hmm. The world is big enough for you to win and to win big and people are going to be better off. So if you're listening to this and you're in a rut, you're stuck, but you know that you have the potential for more. Do some real hard self-reflection. Who are you at your best? Why are you put on this earth? And what the heck do you need to hold yourself accountable to to get out of the rut? If you're here and you're saying, I'm really, really successful, then I'd lift your eyes a little further and go, who's coming up alongside you? Who are you leveraging your platform, your opportunity, your wealth? Who are you leveraging that to see win? Um, And if you're like most of us, and you're feeling burned out, you're feeling exhausted, you're feeling like the chaos is running your life, do the good hard work to get crystal clear about what you're supposed to do right now so that when you win, you're not winning somebody else's game, you're not winning because it's cool to post on Instagram, you're not winning to get some trivial LinkedIn semi-influencer badge or something. Make sure that the game you're winning at is the game you're supposed to win at, the game that's going to bring you life and energy and give you a sense of purpose and meaning. So uh, you can't win at everything. That's too broad. You're going to fail at something. But everything that matters to you, you can, you should win at. The world depends on you being the best version of yourself. So get crystal clear and win at the game you're put on this earth to play. Yeah, so good and so true. Well, Logan, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Um, I know that our listeners are going to enjoy that and just have so much to gain from that. So before we head out, how can the listener connect with you and learn more about Gray Matter Growth? Yeah, so it's uh, Gray Matter Growth, Gray with an A, um, graymattergrowth.com. You can go, you can inquire about Inside Out Leader, everything else. You can also email me personally if you, you know, I, I'm, live that generosity of spirit thing so if you're on the other side of this and you go i think i'm a high achiever but i don't know where to start you can email me logan at graymattergrowth.com or you can find me through the website as well and i'd be happy to spend half an hour with anybody listening to this who's like help me get a little bit of a sense of how do i put one foot in front of the other how do i start to define these things about myself um, so more than happy to take calls from anybody. Otherwise, you can follow us along. LinkedIn is where I where I'm 
most prominently post stuff about inside out leaders. So find me on, on LinkedIn, Logan Joyce. I think it says MSIO MBA there, uh, but would love to be connected to anyone. Zach, I really value you and what you're putting into this world. It's really cool. So anybody listening to this on Zach's behalf, really happy to spend as much time as I can helping you figure out your purpose, your personality and build that accountability. So thanks for having me, man. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Logan, it's been a pleasure. This has been another episode of the Catalyst for Change Leadership Podcast, where we help leaders lead better. Please make sure that you subscribe and share. It does help more than you know, and we'll see you again next week.